all year. And here he is on third and three from the pocket. Connecting. Has Perriman taken it all the way for the win? The first time he had been targeted the entire game. Rashad Perriman. I'm laughing because it is. I mean, that, yeah, those are two imposing. Oh, there's Rayfield. That's loose. It's free. Miles Garrett picks it up, takes it in, touchdown! They didn't call it an incompletion. Holy Toledo, what a play! Garrett gets credit for all of it. He gets a sack, he gets a fumble, forced fumble, gets a fumble recovery, and gets the touchdown. Herbert stops, launches deep. Jalen Guyton, he's got it! Touchdown, Chargers! What a throw! Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three. Dave Damashek here. Eddie Spaghetti over there behind the glass, soon to be joining us here from You Better, You Bet, one of our very favorites, Nick Costos, to look ahead to Week 15 in the NFL, look back at Week 14, try and make some sense here. In the meantime, award season is just on the horizon. The Shecky Awards are about to be handed out in what? Two-ish weeks, two and a half weeks. Better give your best performances fruit, uniform matchups, and otherwise. Meantime, Bryce Young is your Heisman winner. Micah Parsons is certain to be your defensive rookie of the year. Is he your defensive player of the year? You could get him at plus 350. Pretty interesting race now. I feel like it's a two-man race between him and Miles Garrett. I know that people say it's an overreaction to say that Miles Garrett's strip sack, scoop, and score is just one highlight. I think that human voters will remember that one. Remember that they don't see every single game, every single play. They see the highlights just like a lot of other football fans do. I think that that is going to loom large in the race. I still don't close the book on Micah Parsons, though. Tom Brady is certainly going to be the MVP, especially after another overtime winner. And you don't have to like it, but he really is Logan Roy. He's going to win in the end. He's a more likable Thanos. He's inevitable. But again, the most unpopular star of another pro football weekend, an emerging dynasty even, is the referee. Every week now, every Monday, it's about the officiating. Instead of these gangbusters games, it should be the discussion about how we almost had five humongous historic rallies. You can go across. uh, The Ravens almost caught up to the Browns. The Bengals forced overtime and then lost in overtime. The Bills rallied back furiously in the Tampa St. Pete area. And all we're really talking about more than anything else. And, of course, on Thursday Night Football, the Steelers almost rallied to catch the Vikings there. And all we're talking, not all, all but, you know, the uh, an outsized uh, percentage of the conversation is about the officiating and it stinks. Anyhow, Eddie Spaghetti was there to watch a blowout. He saw his Giants in SoFi lose to the Chargers, a humongous game coming up on Thursday night football. We'll dig in on that one. Eddie Spaghetti, what were your thoughts on SoFi Stadium? 
Well, that was the highlight for me, just the stadium. Obviously, it was the, you know, I'm going to a game, not expecting the Giants to win or even come close. And I was right. It wasn't really close. Uh, if you don't count the, some garbage time points at the end, but the, the stadium was unbelievable. I was lucky enough to have decent seats. So I was down in like the first level, 12 rows up. And there's like cool little, you know, sections you're allowed to, to get into. And we took pictures near the field level uh, or on the field level. Sorry. So it was, I mean, comparing it to MetLife, which just looks like an oversized air conditioning unit, what they built in the, in the swamps of Jersey compared to this stadium, it's just night and day. It's an unbelievable thing. I recommend anyone in the LA area to go uh, if you can't afford it. It's, it's quite something. And then Chargers coming out, and there's awesome uniforms, the Royal Blues, and just putting a, a beat down the Giants. That throw by Herbert, man, that, that came right towards me. That was something. That was a, a great throw. The Giants are abysmal. Chargers are for real, maybe your prediction. But them winning the AFC uh, West is right because it was a pretty good day for, uh, for Giants. Uh, for well, let's Chargers hope. For Herbert. Yeah, let's hope that Eckler is good and uh, is in good shape there. That tracked nicely to set up a juicy Thursday night game in Los Angeles here because both teams won by blowout, the Chiefs and Chargers, and so they had the luxury of kind of taking the foot off the gas to get right in in a short week. Um, Make sure that you are betting along with us, by the way. FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three is how you do that. And of course, play with us and against us. Go to extrapoints.com and find the arcade. You can do the NFL pick them every week. I think I caught up a little bit. I think I gained some ground on our leader, Harry, and cousin Sal, just a game or three here and there, but uh, closing the gap there a little bit. And of course, going to get together with the whole gang once again at SoFi Stadium on uh, on Saturday night for a, a kind of, I guess, the extra points office party which is going to be in a sweet suite to watch the jimmy kimmel la bowl can't wait for that make sure you uh, you get your tickets for that one utah state and oregon state um coming up there and i like the chargers spaghetti no surprise there going into into this game chargers a home dog plus three and a half and the trend that i have uh, i feel like is emerging there and and maybe it's anecdotal but the Chiefs dominated the Raiders again on Sunday. Two straight blowouts. I think this is the thing, that the results of recurring matchups are tracking in the same direction. If you see one team hammer a team once, assume it's going to happen again. If two teams play it close once, assume it's going to be played close, uh, played close again. So Chiefs dominate the Raiders. Patriots own the Chargers two seasons in a row. Since he whips Pittsburgh twice this year and even beat Pittsburgh um, with their backup QB a year ago. New Orleans has a knack of beating Tampa. Now they're 10 and a half point dogs this time around. I think that the Saints are a pretty good bet there. The Washington football team at minimum hangs around with Tampa Bay. They did that twice this calendar year. And LA plays Kansas City as well as anybody. And that's why I feel like with the NFL playoffs almost here, you need to jump in with FanDuel. And in fact, FanDuel's giving you a $10 bonus when you place $20 in same game parlay bets. And where better to go than with the Chargers plus three and a half against the Chiefs? Make that one leg of your same game parlay. You bet on a single game or spread your bets out across multiple matchups. It's up to you. As long as you bet 20 bucks in same game parlay during the same week of NFL action, you're getting a $10 bonus. 
Let's get specific, though, with Thursday night football here, Eddie Spaghetti. I like the Chargers plus three and a half. Or are you going to sign off on that one? I guess I have to see it in person. I'm, I kind of like them getting the points. I think they can keep it close. I mean, Herbert's really as good as it gets. I mean, any, any stats you want to look at him, 30 touchdown passes two years in a row. He's like, I think, second fastest um, to a certain uh, yard mark. I mean, he's, I mean, even if Eck was hurt, I still trust him to keep this game close. Well, big factor is 13, obviously, coming off the COVID list. Uh, my, uh, Keenan Allen needs to be out there. But I also think that. Uh, Mike Williams, this is something definitely that just is banging around in my brain there. It feels like Mike Williams makes big plays against the Chiefs pretty consistently. He scored the game-winning touchdown in Arrowhead uh, a few weeks back. I say he gets into the end zone again. There's another one for you. And I say go over the total in this one. This one should be a shootout. I don't think either team is is uh, going to be looking to run the ball a lot now. CEH against the run defense of the Chargers. People have been pointing at the Chargers. Run defense is the liability that's going to limit how far they can go there. I think they're getting pieces back. I think it's going to solidify as we come down the stretch here. Either way, go over there. And the most important detail here is that you bet along with us, fanduel.com slash minus three. Again, the word minus, the number three. And let's get into it right now a little bit deeper as we transition into these last few weeks here and look back at, uh, at what we just saw in week 14 with our pal, Nick Costos. But first, a quick break. All right, here he is, everybody. One of our very favorites here and making his final bid, giving us the last bit of information before all votes must be submitted for our favorite uh, non-football playing guest in the Shecky Award category that is uh, one of the juiciest races perennially. In the meantime, you know him from You Better You Bet, one of the great uh, gambling shows out there. You need to be checking it out if you aren't already. 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern, and make sure you're checking them out on The Fan, 660, 10 a.m. to noon, and on Sunday, 830 to 9, founding father of Wagertainment. It's Nick Costos. What's the poop, fella? What's going on, brother? Great to have you on. Um, I, I am have me on. Uh, you're on my you're on my show, bub. Bad start. You want to what start I, again? What did, what did I say? You said nice to have you on. Yeah, I'm just very robotic. You can keep this in. I'm just like okay. we do a bit on you better. You bet about this a lot. Like I, I am like robo host with, with certain things. So like when we change like like small changes to the vernacular on the show, like, for instance, we used to call it just BetQL, And then we changed it to like the BetQL network. Like for me, it took me like two days to get that right. Like I kept saying, I kept getting it right. But once I get it, I'm fully in on it. But yeah, uh, great to be on your show, my friend. And also great to be to be included, right, in this illustrious list of uh of of great nominees to win the Shecky Award. And uh, obviously, it would be a great honor. Some would say the honor of my life if I were able to uh, to capture this elusive award. So certainly hope that I'm able to do so. Well, listen, I, some people will say, don't be a kiss ass. Some will say you're being obsequious. I say, as a vain person, double down on that. You know, that 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 stuff curries favor with Damashek. So Eddie Spaghetti, in just a second here, maybe we'll have some of the uh, some of the other nominees, some of the other candidates that you'll be up against here. Give that some thought, Eddie Spaghetti. In the meantime, Nick, want to get your thoughts on my big theory is as we look for trends here, I know you're as vexed as anybody is about the officiating. Um, let's talk about that, too. But I feel like um as we look for trends in this NFL season and kind of of over the last couple of years, maybe there's something to this that when that that there's a consistent result 
between two teams, sort of like the, the go-to is always Ali versus Foreman, always compelling because of the stylistic differences. It seems like if one team whips another team, you should anticipate that happening again. The big test is, if you're listening to this in front of Monday Night Football, the Cardinals and Rams, that will be one big test. And then the second one is, I feel like the Chargers have played the Chiefs about as well as anybody has over the last two, three years in the Mahomes era. Um, let's start with that one. A humongous Thursday night football game in SoFi Stadium. The um, the visiting Chiefs are giving points to uh, to the Chargers. How say you on this gigantic AFC West game upcoming? Well, well, yeah, like the officiating, by the way, just to start on that. And then check, I know like you're a lifelong NFL fan like I am. And like you love the league and I love the league. It's like my favorite thing. The officiating this year has been the worst it's ever been. And like, I don't say that lightly because we say every year it's bad. I think this has been the most disgraceful year. And yesterday was a really disgraceful day all around. Season altering calls. Like the Bills might miss the playoffs because of the calls at the end of that game against Tampa Bay like this is like life-altering stuff for these coaches and these players like what goes on on the field like the non-pass interference call at the end of the game on Stefan Diggs was the most obvious interference calls of all time yes like I bet the bills and yes I lost my bet in overtime which is ridiculous that that happened second time that's happened this year to me by the way following the Patriots at plus points against the da- against Dallas in that game when uh, when uh, uh, Dak to CeeDee Lamb in overtime lost that bet so yeah like I'm a little annoyed because I lost my bet and it would have made it like a great betting day instead of a good one but like how the referee that blind moron ass referee is standing right there and doesn't see that it's interference. And then they call the interference on Levi Wallace basically on the same play in overtime. Also, Leonard Fournette didn't get the first down, but other than that, great job officiating in the Bills-Bucks game now. Well, it's it's the inconsistency of it. And, you know, my pushback on this is the worst officiating we've ever seen is that, you know, the the mild pushback I'll give you is it's because we all have HDTV now. HD TV, not HGTV, which I think we mostly also have, too, which we I definitely have it. My girlfriend going to be sometimes. Oh, yeah. man. Listen, that's the that's the thing we have to focus on, Pally. We're, we're caught up in it. This happens every year. We're riding this wave. We're looking at the in the hunt standings. Nah, this is the worst. The math. I, I can't. I'm being serious, man. Like, I'm not being prisoner of the moment here. This has been the worst season for officiating that there's ever been. If you want to throw out, like, like the year of the replacement refs, like when that was going on, this is the worst officiated year ever. And I don't say that lightly. And that's not meant to be like hot take. Like, oh, I'm coming on here. I just started watching football three years ago. I've been watching for 30 plus years. Seriously. I'm it stinks. It's the worst. It's- yeah, well, it stinks because it then is what emerges on shows like this that that's what the talking point is. We're not celebrating what was a, another captivating. I know that uh, some of the early games on Sunday weren't all that compelling, but then again, you mm-hmm. saw some some mighty ra- uh, rallies down the stretch there, and you saw the Bills do it, and you saw the Steelers almost do it to the Vikings on, on Thursday night, and they came up short, but the majority of the people are talking about the atrocious officiating, not celebrating Tom Brady and what he's doing at 44. The what we're, what we're talking about now. is the officiating. He's in bed with gambling. You've got people betting the Bills plus three and a half, and that's what happens in the game. Like, really? Like, this is what this is with the referee standing right there watching it. It doesn't throw the flag. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, it's beyond. It's beyond the. Well, it's right. 
And there are a lot of people who say, well, they always even out. I mean, that, that this it, there really are few examples I can think of that are better in, in recent memory, at least, that, that highlight the inconsistency. And that's the craziest part, that Diggs doesn't get the call at the goal line on third and two, and then in overtime, Brady does get the call, and it propels them to victory. That, that, that's what's crazy. It's like we've talked about ad nauseum on this show. It's... The HDTV that we all have and the fact that we all understand what the correct call is. And so it's especially frustrating to know that the only human beings on planet Earth who don't know the right call are the only people who get it's to make crazy. the call. That's, you don't that's need the bad a, You don't need an HD. You could have been watching on like some 1950s like jalopy of a television and seeing that Stephon Diggs was interfered with at the goal line. You don't need an HDTV for that. Uh, Thursday Night Football, Chiefs and Chargers. Yes. Um, I think it's a fascinating three and a half, by the way. Three and so a half. the Chiefs, the Chiefs are coming on. The the big story is all you people who are hating on the Chiefs look silly now. I, I again to my earlier point, the matchups have produced two whippings, Chiefs v. Raiders. That they have hammered them twice. But outside of those results, the Chiefs offense has been pedestrian at best. And the assumption that Mahomes is back and that, that the defense continues. I, I don't know if it's smoke and mirrors, if that's something that carries over into January against high end competition. I guess we're going to see on Thursday night. But the Chargers are semi quietly, um, you know, they're right there with a victory. This division's a wrap, by the way. The AFC West is a wrap. If the Chargers win this game, look at the uh, the games that the two teams have left here. So monumental one Chargers on Thursday have the night football. Break, of course, as well, like which giving them an extra, an extra game. And like Kansas City would have to finish with a better record, obviously, to win the which division. It, which, it, which is highly unlikely if you look at the, at the two schedules. But all right, matter at hand, Chiefs, Chargers, Chargers catching three and a half at home. How say you? Well, I think there's a, as, as always, I think there's like a number discussion and then like an on-field discussion to be had. And when the two go hand in hand, now the two don't always have to go hand in hand. For example, my Ravens play yesterday plus three against the Browns was entirely number related. I thought three was valuable. They end up covering the spread, but like I couldn't sit here and give you an on-field handicap. Yeah, well, I think Lamar's going to bounce back and he's going to do this. Like, well, no, I bet it because it was plus because three was valuable. I ended up losing by two. So I ended up winning the bet. Not that winning is like an indication of making a good bet, but it doesn't always have to be the two hand in hand, but I actually think this game provides me with both hand in hand, a number and an on-field handicap. So I think three is actually the right number here. I think Chiefs by three is the right number. I give the Chargers, they're the only team I give no home field advantage to. So if like you make a number, I give 0.0 points of home field. If you wanted to give them something for like travel, if you really want a half point at most, but this is the team with the worst home field advantage in the NFL, not just anecdotally and something fun to say on shows, but also like if you're making a number, no home field advantage for this team. So I do think, I think three is the right number. Once we start creeping up over three and Chiefs by three means I win my bet on the Chargers. That is something that I'm very interested in. And actually looking at You Better You Bet show sponsor right now, um, Bet Rivers, this is basically like 3.25. So it's kind of hovering in that zone in between three and three and a half, closer to three. So I actually think that we are going to see this number sitting at three for most of the week. So kind of like as we kind of tape this on Monday morning, I'm going to bet the Chargers plus three and a half. I want to capture this number. I don't want to lose it. So Chargers plus three and a half is going to be my play in this game. Numerically, I think it's the right play to, to make anything over three. It's about the Chargers. And then on field wise, you know, I I think like the only thing I rant about more than officiating is coaching in the National Football League. Um, 
I thought Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth did a brilliant job, not this past Sunday with the Packers. Bears, I was going to say, Sunday man, they, they are. I, I can't remember a broadcast team catching so much flack. They they really did kiss the ass of Aaron Rodgers pretty good the other day. They might have yeah. gotten COVID from doing it. That's the, the <laughs> danger of, uh, of doing so. But anyhow, yes, go ahead about your uh, your Sunday night football broadcast booth uh, evaluation there. So the Broncos Chiefs game two weeks ago, I thought they actually did a really good job explaining like to the lay person why defenses have been successful recently defending Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. And I'm not trying to like put myself up as like the the modern day, like Bill Walsh or something who like understands schematics and X's and O's, but basically like you play two safeties back and you kind of force Patrick Mahomes to become souped up Alex Smith. And like to his credit, it's been working. He's been patient. They've been checking down. They've been running the football and the defense has been playing really well, allowing them to win games like 22, nine, like they did in that game against the Denver Broncos. Now, Gus Bradley is dumb. I think he's a dinosaur. I think he was hired by a dinosaur and John Gruden. He's got the prehistoric mindset of, well, we're going to run the defense that we're going to run and it's your job to beat it. Guess what? Gus, which is, by the way, is my middle name. It was my grandfather's name. So I'm insulted oh. that he's that he's sullying my good name. Yeah, Nicholas Gus Costos. That's a little Greek name for you. Um, I, if you were Gus Costos, that would be cool. I got to tell you. I like you now, but I'd, I'd like you even more if you were Gus Costos. It's, it's good. And when I grew up, like I didn't really like it because it felt like an ancient name at the time. But now as I get older, like I feel like Gus is a pretty cool name. That's my middle name. So it's like, hey, Gus, like, buddy, like, what, what do you think is going to happen if you run this defense? Like, oh, it's your job to beat us. Guess what, buddy? You got the brakes beaten off you twice. Brandon Staley's a lot smarter than that. So and Staley's defense, we know, is already kind of predicated on we're going to take away your downfield passing game. And we're going to let you run the ball. Like that is the exchange that we are going to make. Did it last year at the Rams and now is doing it of course, with the LA Chargers. So I, I they're going to play the right defense. And then I like his quarterback better than I like the Chiefs defense. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if the Chargers won the game. So I think on field leads me to the Chargers. The number leads me to the Chargers. Now, if it's three, I'm not really interested in betting the Chargers at three, although like I would not bet the Chiefs in the game. Um, so for me, like three and a half for me is going to be a bet on the Chargers coming up on Thursday night. Well, for the record, I am going to take the Chargers home dog. I hear you on the home field advantage thing. I, in the meantime, for what it's worth, I think people sweat this way too much. I, I get it. Eddie Spaghetti was actually in SoFi to uh, to watch his Giants lose. And you could feel early on that the Giants fans outnumbered the Chargers fans. Um, they kind of quieted down as the game went along there. A but, bunch uh, of losers. Imagine going like Eddie lives in L.A., so it's whatever. But imagine like flying from somewhere to support the Giants right now. Like how stupid. Like spend your money on like buy a buy a Peloton. Buy a book. Go, buy guess, some vegetables, like better your life. Come on. You're a New Yorker, but apparently you don't watch sex in the city. Peloton comes with some risk, as Mr. Big could have taught you if you watched I don't, that I don't know if I watched So here's what I can tell you about the Peloton. I do it every day, and I've lost weight, so I'm kind of into is it. Is that true? Not that this is a Peloton. Oh, I love the hey, Peloton. Hey, look, I'm I looking mean. at you. The results speak for themselves, pal. Hey, as far as that goes, what um, who would you rather be right now? Give me a five-year projection. And Eddie Spaghetti, I need yours as well after uh, after Nick goes, after Gussie goes here. What would you rather, what seat would you rather sit in for the next five years? Giants fan seat, Jets fan seat, go. Jets. Really? Explain. Well, the Giants have the worst GM ever, and the, the, the jury is still out on Joe Douglas. We know Daniel Jones isn't good. Zach Wilson still might be good. We know Joe Judge sucks. It's still, it's still theoretically possible for Robert Sala to be good. Easy. Easy yeah, answer. R- right, but to talk about prisoner of the moment— 
They can broom Gettleman. They can move on from Dimes. The Jets are kind of pot committed for, you know, the the intermediate future. You trust trust fund baby John Mara to make the right hire coming up next? They're going to keep Joe. They are going to keep Judge. Like, and I, I don't know who wrote, um, and forgive me, like, it may have been, it may have been Pat Leonard. It might not have been. Someone wrote this yesterday, and I don't mean to like not offer proper attribution, so I could be wrong about that. So my apologies to whomever wrote this. But like next year is the final year of the Pat Shermer buyout. Like I, I mean, like the, the thing about the Giants is like they make these hires that you know at the moment like this is not going to work. This is going to be a disaster. And Mara doesn't want to play uh, pay three coaches because apparently now like the Giants are like the uh, like like the spat like the, the like 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 uh, what the team I'm thinking that doesn't want to play like the Snyder or the teams that don't want to pay coaches that are just going to hold on to coaches forever because they're cheap. Apparently that's the Giants now. So I think he's going to retain Judge. And I think he's like, oh, maybe I fired Sherber too early. Or maybe Bucko, you should never have hired him in the first place, you clown. Um, Yes, I'd much rather be the Jets. Much rather be the Jets than the Giants. I don't know, man, because here, I'll I'll, I'll, uh, think globally and act locally or either way around, other way around there. But I know this is a this is I'm in the minority opinion on this one for an AFC North fan who roots for the team on the banks of the three rivers. I think I'd rather be right now. I'd rather support the Steelers than I would the Ravens or Browns, because those two teams are about to do what you what what they must, which is retain Lamar Jackson. I wonder, though. If you're the if you're the Ravens, and I know it's a very small body of work, and I'm not uh, getting overhyped about Huntley. Rather, I'm kind of just very mildly being a Lamar Jackson once again detractor here. If you see what Huntley did against the Browns in that spot, big rally, different defense, soft defense. Um, but still, Huntley rallies him against the Bears in Chicago, puts that drive together. The numbers are there for him. I, they're going to sign Lamar Jackson I mean, from a PR standpoint at minimum. There'd be no way they could let him out there. But, you know, he's going to be $45 million a year. And you see what this team is with a mediocre roster. It's only going to get worse. And then the Browns, what are they going to do? They're going well, to commit I kind of like I, it, I don't it, think they're going to I don't think they're going to commit to Baker. I don't think they're going to. I think what they're going to do is pick up the fifth year, but that, but then they're still going to have to figure out the QB situation. I kind of like the idea of, I mean, yeah, I completely hear you on Gettleman, but assuming they punt Gettleman. Which is going to happen be, by like all accounts. Yes. But, you know, the, the, then it becomes, do you have faith? No, and it's a crap. They're going to hire his assistants. They're going to hire Kevin Abrams, the assistant to the disaster, or they're going to let Judge pick one of his cronies from New England and give him like, like in essence, he's going to full organizational. Like, can we not? Because like, I'm I'm so insulted by like even the notion that the Giants are going to do things the right way. And like, I have proven to be right from day one on all of this. I think that anyone that thinks differently, honestly, is like doesn't know what the hell they're talking about here. Like the Giants are not going to get this right. I'm not interested in any arguments to the contrary. If they promote the assistant, it's a disaster. If they let Judge pick the replacement, it's a disaster because he will have solidified his foothold as the, the main voice in that organization. He is an overgrown phys ed teacher who doesn't call plays on offense or defense. And when you don't call plays on offense or defense, you need to be able to manage the clock in situations. And he absolutely butchers that. Hey, Eddie, did you like it when you were at the game yesterday on, on the opening drive, fourth and two at midfield, that idiot punted because he's more conservative than Tucker Carlson. Do you like that? 
as a Giants fan? Is that something that gets you off, man? The punting and the kicking? And then that idiot going, well, sometimes it's aggressive to punt. Yeah, because we've got the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens defense. The guy is such a clown, man, and he's going to pick the next GM? Like, are we really turning this into like a... Like a, a rosy, like 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 a grass is greener for the Giants here. What man? the hell is happening to you right now? No one's turning it into anything rosy. <laughs> I, but they will have a puncher's chance if they replace Gettleman with a with a guy. Then you draft the right guy, or you go get Russell Wilson. I'm sorry, I interrupted. I want I don't I want to let the two Giants fans hash this house. Go oh, ahead, there, it. Spaghetti. That's it. Go ahead, Eddie. Well, Dave, you just said the one reason why I would look. Nick is right in terms of organizational like uh, components. Yeah, the the Jets have but the better head coach, they have a better GM uh, going on. The thing is, what well, I don't trust the Jets. And it's like, is the jury still out on Zach Wilson? If Zach Wilson improves greatly in year two, he could. Like, it's happened in the league recently. Then, then sure, they have. Eli they, was they have brutal a as a rookie. Right, I'm not saying right, he's right, going right. to be Eli, but like, we actually have a, like a local example of that happening. But sure. if they didn't get Zach Wilson right, then they're screwed and right. they're up against it for a couple more years, whereas the Giants are about to be liberated. That's my point. Yeah, and yeah, I was he, just going to say that the, if you go, you know, position by position, Jets versus Giants, I'd probably side with the Giants more more often, maybe outside of like some offensive line pieces. But uh, and like what Dave said, if the Giants make a move, if someone is smart enough in the organization that has an NY on their on their their shirt and they may, they trade the first two picks for Russell Wilson, I think he can kind of cover a lot of mistakes. And we still have a lot of money in the receiving core. We have a first round pick in the receiving core. They could probably cover up some holes and maybe they'll be better than the Jets. Also, divisionally, the Patriots aren't going anywhere. The Bills are still going to be good. The Giants really only have one threat. With the Cowboys, I don't really buy into the, the the current Eagles or the current Washington team, too. So you look at it that way. I think the Giants maybe have an easier path. I don't well, the thing with Russ is he's been spoken for by about a half dozen pro football teams at this point. And two of them, uh, you know, New Orleans makes some sense. But I feel like the Taysom Hill thing is is probably repellent to Russ. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't maybe maybe he likes the really? idea of coming off the field. You think really like, what you think that Ru- Russ well breeze did not that and not that that's like a guarantee like a guarantee that like Russ would be okay with it Russ has been running an offense out of the Mesozoic era for a decade and now he's gonna go and he's gonna enter the 21st century Russ will pro- would probably walk to New Orleans from Seattle for the opportunity to get the hell out of there also like if we're talking like and I know this isn't the comparison like Giants and Saints the Saints have when healthy like a top two offensive line in the league. The Giants offensive line is a train wreck. Why would Russell Wilson want to go to basically the Northeast version of the Pacific Northwest and to play behind a garbage offensive line? Well, because because he's a human being. And just as we found out with Tom Brady and his life, his life choices, his personal life choices, I was all in on. I thought Tom Brady was going to land in Los Angeles and be the the Chargers quarterback for a couple few years. As it turned out, our pal Willie McGinnis said that's not going to happen because he wants to stay close to his son on the East Coast. I said, I don't know. You can't. You travel. It's, you know, you jump on a plane. Doesn't that correct everything? Football season isn't 365 days a year after all. And after all, Willie McGinnis was absolutely right. He wanted to stay on the East Coast. If Sierra doesn't want to live in New Orleans or doesn't want to live in Cleveland or in Pittsburgh, then New York is the only place for him to go. I mean, I I think he might like Sean Payton, might want to work with him. And by the way, where Taysom Hill's concerned, here's another minority opinion of Dave's. I know it's fun to make fun of Taysom Hill. Is he really that much worse than what Lamar Jackson does? Lamar Jackson is electric yes. and unique and everything else, but he is the... 
They're different. They're different hey, style runners. But Taysom Hill, it, I'm not suggesting that Taysom Hill should be your 17 week starter. And you just you just every, said like he's like basically like just as good as Lamar Jackson. I just won an MVP two years ago. Okay, is Lamar Jackson going to win a Super Bowl playing that way? He's not. He, he continues could. to. Why not? Because he turns the ball over too much, and he is as I, right now. he is. Let me tell you something. I know I say this all the time, and I'm sorry for recurring listeners who have to hear me say it again. Sorry to you, Eddie Spaghetti, specifically, but I'm going to say it to you now, Nick, because Gus has not picked up the news yet. He is Lamar Jackson is Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin. What he does wins against mediocre competition in the middle of the season. It is not going to work against high-end defenses in January three times. The now, only correct, chance, correct me if I'm wrong, but the uh, only I chance you would I ever have a the, the only chance you would ever World have series. I believe I watched the '95 World Series. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but uh, the Braves beat the Cleveland Indians, and Tom Glavin was World Series MVP in that World okay. Series. Did that not? Did that not, not happen? You're really, you're you really that? threading the needle on that one. You know the. Well, but you literally my, said like I'm comparing him to Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin because he can't win a championship, and those guys won a championship. You cannot, let me tell you something. What you can't do is the idea of clutch and all that. I do believe that what it comes down to is, is not letting your performance diminish at all. It's not that you get better in the postseason. It's that you can't drop off. And that's what Greg Maddox, the, the numbers support what I'm saying to you, that Greg Maddox would go down a little bit. It's not that you elevate. It's just that you you can't fall off. Lamar Jackson against high-end defenses is not going to be able to pull off winning three straight AFC games. So the, his chances, like Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin, is going to really have to thread the needle. You're going to have to have two home games in the AFC. You're going to have to be the number one seed. And it's pretty clear at this point that the Ravens ain't going to get it. And by the way, they, they ain't going to make the playoffs. They're yeah, not going to they make the it. playoffs. Well, we'll see. All right. Well, now, well, so, so now he's you're injured. making my case for me. But he's injured. Like, not, no, 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 no. This is what, this is exactly what I texted Eddie Spaghetti and Kevin Hench yesterday watching that game. I said, I'm vain enough that now it bothers me that Lamar Jackson, you know, because I'm a, I'm a soft touch as well. And that's why I don't want Lamar Jackson to be hurt just because I'm a great guy. But also, <laughs> Because I'm not going to get any credit for telling everybody since September that that team is not going to the playoffs. True or false, Eddie Spaghetti? Did I call them frauds if I consistently said that team is fraudulent and now it's happening and now it's going to be like, wow, Lamar got hurt. You never know what would have happened. Spoiler alert, Lamar Jackson could have been in there on Sunday. They still would have lost to the to the Browns. Maybe. And they are not going to, as I said before, I said they're not going to win two more games this season. I stand by it. The division comes down. The AFC North comes down to a battle between Ohio. It's going to be Bengals or Browns. And I have my fingers crossed that somehow the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, pull some bag out of the trick, uh, the trick out of the bag and and say and do this. But Eddie Spaghetti, true or false, right? Tell, tell, you, tell Gus. You have been right about that and several other things but that is definitely one of the things you've you've said and preached uh, for a number of months. You're goddamn right I have been now. I got something for you, by the way. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I, I And if, like, we can we can do, like, a lot of games if you want also. This, this I, I'm going to regret saying this because I feel like this is going to, like, you're going to love this. I tweeted this after the game on Thursday. I have generally found the Ben Roethlisberger Steelers to be unlikable over the course of Ben's <laughs> tenure as quarterback. Oh, now, okay. And listen. Okay. 18 I, I, years. 
I am not like trying to say that like my opinion needs to be shared by everyone or that I am right. This is just my personal opinion. Maybe it's because I'm a Giants fan and like Eli's always compared to Ben and Rivers and I'm like, screw the Steelers basically. But they're like one of these organizations that's like consistently good. And I feel like when you have a consistent winner, like you tend to like, they become pretty unlikable, right? Because you want to see new blood in there, right? You want to see new faces. I found myself at the end of the game on Thursday night against the Vikings. I... I kind of like really like them now because like Ben has now kind of entered this new zone where he is. It's like last dance at the OK Corral or last. You're goddamn whatever. right. Thank it's, goodness that you have a sense of justice in your It's home. actually like like it's there's something like romantic about it, actually, where like it's like this is it. It's like the aging gunslinger one last shootout. And I actually find them to be now that they are like they are the underdog. Everyone thinks they suck. Tomlin's awesome, obviously. And like, I, I find myself rooting for them now. Like, I actually think this is the most likable that they've ever been since Ben's been the quarterback. I, I hail you for breaking through. See, we're all about minority, semi-unpopular opinions today, you and me, Gus. And I, I you, you hit the nail on the head. This, this, um, you know, I, I'm getting sentimental about it as well as, as we, uh, you know, come down the home stretch here. With, with Roethlisberger, 18 years. I mean, it's almost half of my time of watching pro football. This guy has been the quarterback, so of course I'm nostalgic about that. But it, in the meantime, this, th- this narrative that Roethlisberger is limiting the team, you know, Ryan Clark, we love Ryan Clark on this show, and he's going to be he a tries nominee. tries too hard. I, lo- I love Ryan Clark. He's I very think, talented. I, I, I think, though, this... Roethlisberger is holding this team back completely just misses the evaluation of of what's going on there I mean the the guy has been great and if it weren't for the baggage the perceived he's also not great though I didn't say great and I I I do think that you don't think he holds the team back when he checks the ball down like 10 yards short of the sticks on like fourth down you don't think that makes the team back no, I think I think that people aren't paying attention, as you just said about the Kansas City Chiefs. When they're winning, they're throwing short of the sticks as well. This is what's happening now. Everybody is putting their safeties deep to to prevent big plays. This is the way of 2021 football. This is this is what it's all about. Yards after catch and all that. So no, I don't think he's holding them back. I don't think there's a quarterback with that offensive line that can um, that can run away from pressure and create an extra second to to make plays downfield i don't think that's what ails them at all it's it's just straight up a fundamental lack of brawn at the line of scrimmage that's that's what's holding this team back more i than want them to else. get in i want that you know what i would like i would like steelers patriots in round one in foxborough and i would i can't tell you how hard i would root for the steelers in that game it would be like rooting for the giants I'll tell you. Well, listen, it doesn't get interesting for for black and gold supporters until they beat the Titans in Heinz Field on Sunday. That's a requirement of that game, by the way. Very interesting. Well, the Steelers, well, as far as that one goes, give us your pick on that one. Steelers, a home dog plus two and a half against uh, the Houston Oilers. How say you? Oh, I think it's I think it's really hard. Like, I actually think like the number is perfect. Like Titans, two and a half, two, three. Like, I don't know about three. I think three is like an auto bet on the Steelers. Like if that ever happened, like Steelers plus three, it's a pretty easy bet to make. Oh, man. I honestly like I think teasing the Steelers up is like like almost like never loses. I think it's a great bet. I, I know I'm not giving you like you right. like me to come on and be like, I like the Titans or I like the Steelers, but like just like a smart. Like, no, that's fine. I want to give you like a really smart betting take here, like teasing the Steelers up. 
Let me see what the total of the game is. And I got to put up all the Well, we don't know what Watt is. It's 41 and a half right now. We don't know yeah, where TJ I mean, Watt's going to be on that. Like, it's, that's why I don't that early bird it so often when there are major players. Um, you well, know, I mean, so. like, well, let's look, let's look at it like this, right? Like the Patriots Colts. For first off, like I, I, I kind of think the Patriots should be like two and a half point favorites in that game and they're underdogs. So like, I mean, the total on that game is 45 Patriots Colts. And I'm just using this as an example. So teasing New England up to seven and a half through three and seven with teasing Pittsburgh up to eight and like in totals of 45 and 41 and a half, like, like we do a bit on you better. You bet. Like how does hashtag, how does this lose? And of course, like it could lose, which is the joke, but I guess it's not really that funny if I have to explain it, but uh, like, how does, how does Pittsburgh not cover plus eight or plus eight and a half? Like, well, that's a, that's a recurring theme for me. That's the play is the Steelers. Well, I, I, well, I was, uh, I, I was uh, doing that over and over again, that you just never see the Steelers get annihilated. And I said that for about a month and then they went to Cincinnati and got annihilated. Well, it's like so. the total is like 50 in the game where like, there's like a lot of variance expected. Like the total is, is, is ridiculously 41 and a half. That's like, I don't know. I kind of like, I'm, I'm just going to say this right now also. And I have not thought about it except for right now. I kind of feel like I may play the over in the game because like contrarian wise, like that total is probably like, Maybe like three points too low. Honestly, I might play an over there, but I also like teasing the Steelers. I think is dynamite. I I, I mean I I don't want to belabor the Steelers. They're on the fringe. There, yes, I do. mean everybody. Well, I do. Well, of course, I love talking about them. And as I as I keep saying, just imagine if you are out of the mix, if you ain't in the hunt at this point, you should be truly embarrassed in 2021. I mean, the Seahawks, I think, are out of it now. I So I counted them up. They could, I win, think, out. They could win out. They probably still wouldn't get in, but like they could they could go nine and eight. If they went nine and eight. But by the way, where Steve Kornacki, people are hanging a little bit too strongly on what Steve Kornacki says at the big but just board. Like, on imagine, like, imagine like watching that and being like, yeah, like this has any impact or this guy knows anything about it. I'm not, not even like he's talented. The God bless him. But like who watches this and like, oh, yeah, well, he's what? Well, because he's working right. Seriously. Exactly. It's cute. It, but it has nothing to do with strength of opponents or anything else. He's just, just doing raw numbers. It's a stupid talking right. point. And God bless him. He's talented. I'm not hating on him at all. He's very talented. I hope he gets as much money as possible. Also, the segment is worthless. I agree. Yes. People are way, way, reading way too much into that. This has become the gold standard for football fans of like, well, Kornacki says your odds are worse or better. Like, it, it matters who you play, as it turns out, uh, go, going forward there. That one's it's a little early, but we don't know A.J. Brown. I think he's available to be out there, and that obviously would swing things uh, considerably, too, um, if the Titans have him available. The other one I want to get your thoughts on are um, is that uh, Packers-Ravens game. Uh, obviously monumental. It's going to be Huntley, I'm almost certain, in there for the home uh, birdies there, taking on the Packers. Do you think that Green Bay... Who, well, I guess let's go look at it that way. Do you, do you like Green Bay or because I feel like for all the noise, we get distracted by shiny keys week in and week out. The Cowboys are a compelling team if they can be anything close to healthy. And Arizona's fun and the Rams are all in on this season and all of that. But I feel like it's almost inevitable that we're going to see Rodgers at Brady or Brady at Rodgers with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. I agree. Do, do, do you agree with that? I do. Yeah, and I'm gonna and and, and I'll and Tampa will win again. You think so? Eh? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with. I you would actually. That. I would go so far to say I know so. Well, I 
I mean, that's, I think, the one we kind of want. But what are you going to do then on Super Sunday Tampa. if it's Patriots and Buccaneers? No, I, think, I, I, I don't mean, Tampa well, how are you going to bet? I'm not going to talk. I'm saying, like, what are you going to do to make your statement to Kamish Goodell that we won't stand for this as a football society? We're not. That's too far. You, oh, you can't no, watch the game. I think it would it's be a fascinating game, but you can't watch it. Well, I mean, I can. Well, to quote, it sends uh, the wrong message. Well, Don't well, you think, see that sends think, the uh, wrong message? Quote the late great Davy Boy Smith at WrestleMania Seven when he was asked about breaking the Warlords full Nelson. He said, "People say to me, I can't break it. Well, I say I can, and I will. And then he did. I can watch a Brady <laughs> Belichick Super Bowl, and I will watch a Brady Belichick. It's Super Bowl. believe me, I understand. It's a sacrifice that I'll be making by by not looking at this game." I know it's a good one. It's going to be it, it, it would be a dynamite game. Unfortunately, it's more important to let Goodell know that this has gone too far and it must be and it, and it must stop. Um, all right. Micah Parsons. Want to get your thoughts on Micah Parsons? Plus, wait, 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 wait. Do you want to do through the Packers Ravens game quickly here? Because I have like a, a thought, betting thought on that, too. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm saying yes. I breezed right by that. I kind of uh, deduced that you were about to say Packers, but go ahead. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, probably. But like it's like it's it's fascinating, right? Trying to figure out. And there's no spread out for the game yet, because unless you guys can see something I don't or in a different sports book. But um, because we don't know who the quarterback's going to be yet. And I'm trying to think like, OK, like what do I think the spread's going to be if it's Tyler Huntley? And I've arrived. I think it has to be Packers over three. Like we kind of saw what the market thought about Huntley um, in the Chicago game when Lamar was ruled out, obviously, like in the morning with the illness. And then he was added, I think he was added to the injury report on Saturday. Right. With with the illness. And then Sunday morning was ruled out for the game. And like we kind of got wind early on before, like the official word came out that uh, that Lamar was not going to play and it was going to be Huntley. And. I feel like the Ravens were going to close like six and a half in that game against Chicago at the Bears. And then Huntley gets announced and the Ravens close, I believe, I want to say one. So it's like the market told you there was like a five, five, let's call it a five point difference. For context, when Aaron Rodgers missed the game in Kansas City, Green Bay was a one and a half point dog at Arrowhead. That number closed seven and a half. So the market said six point difference basically between Rodgers and Love in that spot, five point difference between Jackson and Huntley. So let's just assume that that's correct, that the difference between the two teams is five. I I think that we get to like Green Bay like minus four in this game. And while hmm. you are like not, and I could be wrong about that, I think it has to be at least three because if it's like two and a half, like the Packers are getting bad. So like it has to be at least three. It probably needs to be more than three. So now we're quibbling like three and a half or four. Um I know what you're saying about Huntley and like, you're not wrong. Huntley plays well, makes the big throw at the end of the game to beat the bears. Ends up coming in relief of Lamar leads them down the field. They end up losing the game by two, a two point conversion goes, the, goes their way. Maybe it goes to overtime. Maybe like we're butterflying effect. Maybe it doesn't because the Browns are playing tough for defense at the end of the game. Like maybe if it's Huntley on Monday as the starter and like the Packers know, okay, it's Tyler Huntley. I think that's a different story than day of game, dumbass coaching staff in Chicago Agree. or coming Agree. into the game against Cleveland. So I, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. Honestly, like, it's like, do I think that Huntley can do enough to keep this a field goal game? Maybe. So I'm just trying to like, I know I didn't give you like a firm answer there, but just like, I think the point spread is going to be, I think it's going to be four or four and a half for green Bay. By the way, I just want to make clear to you, Gus, and to anyone within the sound of my voice. It's not, I am not a Lamar Jackson detractor. 
I just, with, with that roster, if everything has to be just right and it's not anything close to just right, whether it's Lamar Jackson or Huntley, Lamar Jackson has to cover up and has for a giant chunk of 2021, a lot of mediocrity there. As far as that goes, before we talk Micah Parsons' uh, bid to become the rare um, defensive player of the year as a rookie, Baltimore goes, so we got they got the Packers. Here, my trend that I've pointed to, the Bengals hammered the Ravens in Charm City. When they're in Queen City for the rematch in two weeks, I see no reason why the Bengals aren't going to house the, the Ravens once well, the again. Coach, well, the coach is an idiot, so I think that may, that may end up Okay, hurting. okay. Um, then, they, then Baltimore comes down the home stretch hosting the Rams, who are very likely to be playing for something, and then they host uh, the arch-rival Pittsburgh Steelers for what could be Roethlisberger's last game. How great is that? By Imagine if that's like winning in for like the seven seed. That would be monumental. Let me tell you something. The Ravens ain't winning two more games. Packers, add Bengals, Rams, Steelers. They're just not winning two more I mean, games. They could, so. they could definitely beat the Bengals and Steelers. Could, but won't, is what I'm okay, telling maybe, you. Maybe. Hear me now, believe me later. Okay. Believe me in a, in a fortnight. Next, Bengals. I want you to make some sense of this for me. I want you to get me uh, to, to prove me wrong about my, my, uh, my assumption. I said the Browns before the season. I still think they're going to get it, but the, boy, the Bengals are right there too. It's a really hard one to, to figure out here. Big swing game for the Bengals now is this coming week because the Broncos, inconsistent as they are, are a handful at Broncos this week. But then they go, as we say, they host the Ravens. Then they host the Chiefs. Then they're at the Browns. I mean, what, what wins do you see out there at seven and six? So I, if I'm right that the, that, the, that the Ravens at eight and five, they, they must, I'm, I, I, as it happens, I have to be right for any other scenario pretty much to, to play out here. If they win to the, the Ravens, win the division but if i'm right that they're going to lose that they only win one more packers at bengals rams steelers now it's a, now it's wide open there especially if the bengals beat the ravens head to head once again then they have the tiebreaker and then maybe they win the division and then cleveland now they seem to have the edge here because they go raiders who after the performance in air i'm betting the raiders by the way i'm betting the Raiders. are you really i need six but yeah like i'm gonna bet the raiders i gotta feel like whoa i love it why what's the thinking on that one that they vanquished moby dick on sunday and now they're you know gonna gonna let up a little bit i feel like there's a certain momentum there now yeah i just think the number's too high i think cleveland's very likely to win the game but i think like once we get into like six six and a half territory i think the raiders become valuable like when you look at it as like like there's like different like sectors of point spreads and like, I don't think the Browns can exist as a favorite in this game in the sector of like six, six and a half or like seven, seven and a half. And then once we get up, up I think Cleveland needs to exist, let's say, in like the three and a half to five and a half range in this game. So I think six becomes like inherently valuable with the Raiders. Um, it was six and a half last night. And I made a note when I made my numbers last night, like Raiders plus six and a half or six. The number is now down to six. Let's see where the juice is here. Let's see where this is. Give me one, take one second here. Um, yeah, right. why well, you like look a, that up, but let me say this. So Raiders, they, the Raiders. okay. You, you like the Raiders, uh, but I need catching six. the points, I but, need six. but I'm not going to bet five and a half. I need, I have to have six straight up. The Browns should win that one in the, uh, in the red, right. Yeah. I mean, agreement. they should, but I mean, who the, I mean, I wouldn't be stunned if like they lost, but they should win. Yeah. I would be, I would be straight up stunned. I, I, the, Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders seem, the Cowboys? The, 
I don't know. I feel like we we keep predicting it. Kevin Hench on this show keeps saying or, and has said for, you know, since the the second major, I mean, since the legitimate human tragedy with rugs on top of uh, of the Gruden nonsense and all yeah. of that, I feel like it's it's finally caught up with them. I, I you know, Maybe. the embarrassment, the embarrassment, little overstated. Who gives a good goddamn about them standing on the team's logo? That has nothing to do with what I mean, they're there. professionals. Like, they're not going to like who go out there and pack it, it in. I mean, who listen. gives a. I hear you that they're playing for something, but maybe I'll lose. I could be wrong, but like they're just, just not like, a great the bottom line is they're not a great team. And now they're dealing with all that stuff. And there's well, a here's lot what's of talk interesting. now. They've got to throw on from I throw it now. They got to get Mayock out of there. And this isn't really working. And the early returns were good. Uh, but but, this, you know, it's a, it's sounding like they're tracking towards a whole organizational blow up now. And then, you know, it, I guess they'll keep Derek Carr. I hope for his sake, if that's what he wants, because he's, uh, you know, he's been a, a strong through line for them. But anyway, yeah, go ahead there. I think Gus. I think I love that. Maybe I'll change my name. You think I'd do I do better? It. Big, big Gus Costos. Big yeah, Gus Costos. And I'm, and I'm like 5'8", so that, I think that really that really works out. Um, You know, I'm fascinated to talk to my co-host on You Better You Bet, who is like 50 times like the betting mind that I am. Um, Ken Barkley on Twitter, Lockie Lockerson. Because he consistently says, and we talk about this, this is our third NFL season together, that once we get to this point in the season, like there is something to be said for, and it may be unquantifiable in terms of like us. In terms of, it's unquantifiable because like you can't put your finger on it, obviously, is team that's done and is playing out the string versus team that actually has something to play for. And like, that does not matter until we get to like the very end of the season. And now that we're in the final month of the season, like we, we may do the show today and he may be like, no, actually the Browns need to be seven because the Raiders season ended last week and they're, and the Browns have something to play. That may happen. And then maybe I'm like, well, he's probably right about that. Um, but I'm we've just- been waiting for this period on minus three for the last few weeks, because these games, as you, that's why, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's absurd in April when people go through the schedule and say like, and then in week 11, that should be a win. But I mean, it's even ridiculous if you're doing it in September. You don't know what the state of these teams is going to be. And the Raiders, who were formidable six, eight weeks ago, are now probably, yeah, as as you say, probably not playing for a great deal. Although this is their last shot. to, To your point, the Raiders are not out of it. If they win this game, last dance, last dance at the OK Corral. Okay, so you're going there, but then they go then. But so, okay, people are going to be feeling real good in Cleveland after Sunday because they are going to be eight and six and the Ravens are going to lose to the Packers. So they're both going to be eight and six and Cincinnati. We'll see what happens with them. They're going to be like them eight and six They're, They're They should be eight and six. But if they lose then they're really in trouble, and it would seem to be the Browns' division. They're dogs in but, that game, by the way, Cincinnati on Sunday. I think they should be favorites. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with that. But man, those those uh, those Broncos are a knuckleball, and Javante Williams is uh, is coming on more and more with each passing week. But then the Browns go at Packers, and you talk about what's going to be juicy stuff. I don't I I like it, but it makes me nervous based on what we saw in January of this year. The last home game, no matter what, even if the Steelers did somehow sneak into the playoffs. Although I guess no, they would have a home game, I guess, if they if they won the division somehow. So, but as it stands now, the last game in Heinz Field for number seven will be hosting 
the Cleveland Browns. We want to talk about, if nothing else, as I say to black and gold fans, if they lose to the Titans and then you assume they're going to lose at the Chiefs, if that happens and the season's over, it's it's still worth the watch for the 18 years and for the and for the opportunity to knock them out, to, to knock the two teams to, out at the end, to, to ruin things for the Browns Absolutely. and then go to Charm City and walk off a champagne, knocking the purple out of uh, out of the playoffs. That would be awesome. that that would be sweet stuff. Who is the division winner when it's all said and done to you? Um, it's it's I mean, how long is Lamar going to be out? Like he's, I mean, we assume he's going to be out for at least this. It's week, not right? a high ankle sprain, so that's better. The low ankle sprain. I'll as, say uh, as a. I'll say Cleveland. Um, okay. Zach Taylor sucks. That's true. Kevin Stefanski does not suck. He gets cute. That's the problem with Stefanski. But like, agreed. But. I don't think the Steelers are going to get there. I would love to see it. Like, I actually mean that sincerely, and I have never said that in the past, but I I like this iteration of the Steelers. I appreciate you. The Ravens quarterback is not healthy. The Bengals head coach is an idiot. They should have won that game easily against the 49ers. He goes, oh, maybe I should have been more aggressive. It's like, you think, idiot, given that they had no healthy corners and you've got awesome receivers and a really good quarterback. Like, imagine being that dumb. Um, so you've got bad coach, one team without a quarterback, one team behind the eight ball in the Steelers. I guess it's kind of like Browns de facto a little bit here. I mean, I don't think that they're great. I don't think Baker's good, but like, I guess I'll go Cleveland. I don't love it, but. Well, if you bet on, if you, if you make your bet in tight divisions on which team has the best quarterback in the quarterback league, then you have to take the Bengals. I, I, I as I keep saying, I think it's Bengals or Browns, Browns or Bengals. And the coach was so, so bad yesterday against the 49ers that he actually prevented the quarterback from winning the game. If I'm right, though, and, you know, listen, everybody loves to swoon. Uh, everybody genuflects to what is, in fact, the best rivalry in at least pro football in the 21st century, Steelers and Ravens. It would be fun. It would be a, 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 a cool narrative if the, the little brothers of the division, both in their orange hats, one name Browns, battled in week 18 for a trip to the playoffs. I'd much rather be Steelers-Ravens for a trip to the playoffs. I would too. I'm just trying to be nice. I'm trying to be a gentleman, don't you see? Great. All right. Yeah, I don't care. Who cares about a defensive player of the year at this point? But, well, what's your bet there? Just give it to us. So forget TJ Watt. He's not going to win it. He's got the bad groin again. Hasn't played enough games. Although, if he did something as... It, uh, Garrett at plus 250, Micah Parsons and TJ Watt at plus 350. I take Garrett still. What's Diggs? He's plus a thousand. Yeah, I it's think. funny because I want to like, yeah, we're going to actually takes votes from well, well, we, Micah. If we he, have this budgeted for you better, you bet to talk about this today where like, I think that that's the argument that we're going to make. Um, I think it's Garrett's award. I mean, Parsons is a lock for defensive rookie of the year at this point, obviously. Like he's awesome. He may even be better than Garrett. Like I'm not saying he is or he isn't, but I, I still think that award is that award goes to Miles Garrett. Um, I, I have uh, some other picks if you want for this week, some early picks. I, well, I want to get your thoughts on this. I, I, I do want to hear that, but very quickly, here's my teaser. For I'm just the like National dying to give you, I'm just dying to give you picks. I, I, well, see, you're being generous today and see that his, well, the uh, generosity, now, unfortunately, like the well is running dry here <laughs> in like the next like five or 10 minutes. So, but I, I got, I got you for a little longer here. Son of a bitch. Yes. Look at this. Uh, uh, giving me threats about give me a five minute warning. I've been on with you for an hour. <laughs> it's Monday. How long have we been going here, Spaghetti? We're at 52 minutes right now, Roland. 
What? Yes. Oh yeah, baby. What happens? What happens to my brain? I am the worst. Just having, I am having the a worst. great time. We've got okay. to show up. I just want to say a couple of things to you very quickly here. I, I am I'm an SEC detractor, as you may or may not know. I think it's I think it's not surprised uh, to hear there's, that. Well, the committee genuflects to them every year. It's as though they're on some different yeah, plane yeah, it's not, than it's the not rest like, of college. It's not like, yeah, because it's not like they are. I mean, oh, well, they're not. Clemson has beaten Alabama in, in Final Fours. What, I mean, what are you talking about? Well, Ohio State the, the has SEC's, beaten. The SEC is the best conference. Is that like a debate? Okay, yeah, but oh, the, the Big Ten doesn't put worthy teams into oh, the Final Four every year. I mean, the, uh, usually the SEC, but it's not usually, some gargantuan usually ca- or, cavern. Usually or every year. No, and I, not every year. And I, and and as I say, there's a there's a different. There's I'm something from New in York. Between, also, between, I don't care. I'm not here from like Alabama being like the SEC. I'm from New York. I don't care. It's just like let's be honest, so, man. It's that crap that makes it so that the that the best team or the best two teams in the SEC are so bulletproof in August that it's almost impossible. Right, who are you for making them. the case for? Michigan here. I'm just going to tell you a two-team SEC teaser is the way to go here oh. in the final four games. Here, you you mm. take Georgia now giving eight and Bama giving thirteen and a half. You you make a six-point teaser there. Take Georgia down the two and Bama down the seven and a half. Eddie Spaghetti, was this your idea first? Uh, no. The only thing I said I liked in this final four was I was higher on Cincinnati than most people. That was really so, it. honestly. Like you should never never tease college football. Um, Georgia to two seems like it's it's pretty good. Um. I like the well, Bama, the Bama, the Bama, the a little more than a touchdown. Yeah, probably, but like, but like, I, I, I like the under in that game, the Bama Cincinnati game. Um, and like the Michigan Georgia. All right, game. let's do your pro football one right, since you since you've given us your warning here. Um, Go ahead. Well, do you want? I could give you a little on Michigan Georgia here, just because it's like fascinating from like a betting perspective. Oh, okay. um, so intuitively, kind of like Michigan a little in the game at eight, Michigan plus eight. Um, but what's funny is if you actually think about like the Bama Georgia point spread. And, and I, I bet Bama in the game. I did not think that Bama was going to kill them. I didn't think that was going to happen, but I bet Bama plus seven that closed Georgia six and a half. So now Georgia closes on a neutral six and a half against Bama. And now they're eight on a neutral against Michigan. So the intimation, right. Is that Bama's only one and a half points better than Michigan. Where like, that is obviously like wrong. So like you are absolutely getting a discount. If you just want to Bama, they, ba- you, you know, they barely beat LSU, right? Yeah, but you like, know they they should have lost that Auburn game. But but this is what I'm talking it, it, about. Bam is just so much better than everybody no, else. No, 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 but no, but here's the Nick problem Saban. with that because like just okay, you can make stuff. that case. But if Bama got posted at sports books as one and a half against Michigan, what do you think would happen? I that's a different conversation. No, I'm but, just but telling it's telling you that this though. idea that we have to that we have to bend the knee to Nick Saban's team every year. But it's because not bending it, the knee. It's like being like this is what would happen. Like if like this were the point spread, this is what would like, it, can, it can never be the point. It doesn't mean that Michigan can't win. It's just like it just can never be the point spread. It just can't be. It just can't. So like you are actually getting like a pretty big discount with Georgia in this game if you want to if you want to bet Georgia. I kind of like Michigan, but I'm just saying like. That number should be higher, and it's not. Now, not that Michigan can't or won't win the game. They could, just that that is a major discount. Pro football. Um, let's see what we got here. I like Atlanta. Okay, let me ask you these. I want to hear your picks, but very quickly. Damashek's AFC bets preseason. Okay. These were the these these were uh the fun props that I like to to um grab. Titans, one seed, plus seventeen hundred. Still a shot of that happening. Chargers win the West, plus 490. Patriots win the East, plus 360. 
Will any of those come to pass? You Steelers get, over eight and a half. You might get plus all three. 110. I know. Steelers over eight and a half. You might, you might get all is. of them. I honestly feel like you like, I think you did a great job there. I think the most, honestly, and this is like neither here nor there. I think when it's all said and done regular season wise, the most important game played in the AFC in the regular season and the most important result will be the Titans going into Indianapolis and winning that game on like the Wentz, like ridiculous, like interception that he threw in his own end zone. Cause that like basically handed Tennessee the division. Because they have like I I see this is uh, I'm glad we're gonna end here on this I your picks for week everybody should should uh, listen to you better you better listen that. to li- listen to Gus and uh, and Lockie and, and that's and got a good ring wisdom to it, right Gus and Lockie yeah, sounds like, like, a, like, 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 like a like a 1930s comedy troupe I like it I guess it wouldn't be a troupe it would be a duo but yeah I this is this is the the kind of conversation that you know I love the one play and how it can sway th- swing things wildly like the Ben Affleck slide sliding doors movie or butterfly effect or, or or whatever else there have been a few monumental plays that have dictated where these things um where these things land come january the next big one is patriots and colts Col- we we now have decided belichick is back i like crack and wise about patriots getting to the super bowl and everything else but if i and i think that this is exactly stylistically a a dynamite matchup bet the under on Colts and Patriots first of all and secondly Jonathan Taylor I know I uh, it's not gonna happen Brady's gonna get the MVP but I've been advocating for Jonathan Taylor as the MVP and I'm not talking about offensive player of the year I'm talking about most valuable player to his team if Jonathan Taylor runs that team past um you know you could see a thing by Sunday night where the Colts are right there with the Titans and the Bills are right there with the Patriots and the assumptions we've de- that have formed in our mind over these last six weeks are completely blown out of the water where the Colts are tracking towards a home game and the Bills are going to be the best team in the AFC and, and it matters. When you look at those who's in the hunt thing, one through 10 and all that stuff, whoever gets the number one seed has such a decisive advantage in this in this completely mediocre mix of AFC teams. Right. Do you, you agree with all that? Not what's even, your pick yeah, it's not even on that one? Like who's what's what's your pick on? So as far as that goes, look into the crystal ball here on Saturday. Patriots, Colts, a great rivalry renewed now. How say you on this one? Uh, I'm going to give you a, a whack answer here. Um, tease the Patriots. I feel like it almost like never loses. That's not a whack answer. Um, I tease them with what? Uh, I think we did this already. The, the Steelers. Oh, okay, okay. Or well, I'll, okay. So I make the Patriots a favorite in the game. Um, I think I actually think New England. You can make the case they should be New England should be minus three. Um, hey, a little bit of a little bit of synergy there, man. Um, I actually think there's a case to be the Patriots could be three point favorites here. They're one and a half point dogs. I would, I don't think I would ever bet the Colts at this number. Um, I think teasing the Patriots and the Steelers, we can call it the, um, the Troy Brown, sorry, but like you guys never beat them. We can call this the Troy Brown Memorial teaser or the Heath Miller Memorial teaser. If you want to make it the one time you guys beat them late in the regular season, the Heath Miller, Troy Brown Memorial. What about teaser. the Jesse James? Uh, that was, Oh, a win. was it Jesse James? I, I knew it was one of like the white. Oh, you're talking about that one. Like, yeah, we yeah. did beat them. Okay. Yeah. The Jesse James Memorial teaser, um, Steelers, Patriots, hashtag. How does it lose this weekend? I feel like it's like, uh, is a, it's a really good one. 
I don't know that you're you're predicating that on um, the the Patriots pass rush, which is completely fair. Getting the Wentz and there's no uh, that's not a crazy. Okay, okay. So so there. so again, so again, like of course, like hashtag. How does it lose? Is facetious? Let's be like a, it's a bit. Like of course it can lose. Okay, sure. so let's say okay, let's say though you're right. The Colts win the game. Of course that can, they're favored. Of course they can win. Does a scenario exist where the Colts blow that ass out, or is this more likely to be a close game either way? I, it's hard for me to imagine it not being a close game. Great. Tease the Patriots. You win. Done. In either direction there. What I what I just said to you that I uh, stand by is go under 45 and a half. That feels way too heavy for these two teams that are going to run at each other all day. All right. Listen, what a delight you are. I think this was a, a good performance, May, maybe even a great one. But uh, before you go, maybe. let's just get some final notes here from Eddie Spaghetti. Did did Gus improve? Or diminish his chances of being our favorite non-football playing guest, well, Eddie Spaghetti. Of course, it's an, of course, it helps his chance. No, he, he shouted at you. He, he when, said you're. He, he called you a joke. I don't, I don't disagree with him. I am. I am an idiot for buying the tickets months ago. But like I said, the deal was too good for the 12th row, and it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I mean, Nick agreeing to come on. Oh, sorry, Gus agreeing to come on the show and uh, staying, you know, for well over an hour uh, and, and following. I can't series. believe it, it went an hour. I, it I, goes I a long way for me. Christ, I, I would have said 25 minutes. You're on for like eight minutes. You got, I come on your show. I'm on for half the day. It's unbelievable, man. <laughs> I, well, I, well, that's that's hurtful, quite frankly. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm also, to send a also we have also passive we, we aggressively. Have, so we have a clock on my show, to be fair, which is like I can't keep you for more than that. So if I could, I would for sure. Well, last time I was on your show, is that there I was getting text messages and DMs from you and the producer and 17 other people like don't know if this is actually going to make the air. So well, who said that to you? Well, you, you were like, I don't know what's going to happen here. You're like, we're having technical. Problems. Oh, yeah. Well, because I had, oh, man, what a what a to do that's been for me. We have we have rectified these issues, thankfully. But yes, this caused me major agita over the course of the last month. Well, listen, you're a handsome devil, even though you cover up your greatest asset, that that main. Well, unfortunately, like, I don't know what I didn't, the I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do anything with it today. So, like, I can't come on the show looking like this. Didn't do anything. Look at look at what I did with mine. Look at this. Mine, my. I used this to actually have, looks pretty good have, right now. Like the way it is, actually, I think. Well, that's yeah. It's very hip. Like if you were a, a male model, that's how they, they they would do that to your hair on purpose. Look for a man of uh, of advanced age. I, I you got to give me some credit here. I used to have your head of hair, but given my age, I'm doing pretty goddamn good. Yeah, I think the mustache you is know? pretty terrible. Do you really? Yeah, it's too much. It's too it's too thick. Like you need to trim it down. Well, I, as I've told you, I was I was advised by um, by one of my um, style advisors that this is the look now that you let the mustache grow in real long and you keep the beard. Part it's short. No, it's too the mustache is too long. You got to trim it down. I think I don't disagree that that could look good, but it's you, you you look you look like like discount bargain basement Tom Selleck. I mean. I think that's that's you could be Mr. Football hard. instead of Mr. Baseball, though. That's not that's not terrible. No, I look like I look like Sam Elliott. Or if I really if I if I groom myself real good, if I do a real nice job. With no, you're Tom not Selig. even Tom Selleck's handsome as hell on Blue Bloods, man. You're you're not even in the, 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 the Tom Selleck area code, man. You got to You got to do better, dude. I look like Wade Garrett. I, 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 I I'm still the best. Cool. You, don't, you never saw Roadhouse? You son of a bitch. Now, I'm fine. I, I look like a 30s. I love it. If I really, I, I look like a star of the silver screen from a certain era. Like if I smoked a cigarette, I could talk like Cary Grant. 
No, here's looking at, here's looking at you, with, kid. With a smart cocktail in my hand. Yeah. You, you don't know what you're talking about. What the who, who are you? I just quoted you to attack me. Take him off the list. He's, he's not eligible wait, hold on, anymore. Wait, I was, I was actually looking forward to Eddie like saying really nice things about me, Eddie, if you'd like to continue. Go ahead. I, I think as we're scrolling through this list, and there's some other good non-football playing guests. Uh, you know, we, we've had uh, Lance Zerline, we've had uh, Will Brinson. We've talked about. We had Joey Molinaro a few times. Mina Kimes always great. Well, I mean, I'm pissed on Brinson, so he can but, never be considered. But I, I think with, with Nick's just uh, the energy Nick brings in multiple appearances, the length of his appearances, I feel like the the award is definitely his. I know I'm not check. I can't. I can't give the award. But my, if I had a vote in this race, it would be uh, it would, not true. Be not true. You for you've forgotten spaghetti. It is a fan vote. So it, it, that, oh, yeah, that is the that, it is yeah. the Shecky award. Well, I may I may lose out. a popularity contest, but I mean that's fine. I don't. Yeah, because you came on here and attacked me. Well, that, that, you think people like that? You think that's appealing to anybody? It's not, friend. All right, maybe maybe, it's mean. maybe, maybe so. I I feel I feel comfortable in the uh. In what you know what? Table. It's offset by your kind words about number seven, who's who's catching heat from almost every the last quarter. gunslinger, not, man. It's 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 romantic. I'm telling you, like there's romance involved in it. God damn it, then, the, then why didn't they, they make the Hollywood ending in Los Angeles and have them survive that Chargers game or the one in whichever of the two Twin Cities that game was the other day? Those two rallies, just save one of those. Just win one of those well, and survive the Lions with Mason Rudolph and imagine what we're talking about. It's still about. in front I know of them, I'm, though. Everything's still in I front know. of them. Like, what would be... The one... Wouldn't a better ending be beat the Ravens on the final night and then, like, slay the Patriots in Foxborough? Like... Maybe beat Mahomes and the Chiefs on the way. Like that's, that's the, the ending. one I want. Because like that's because as a I Giants want. fan, and I don't know spaghetti, and then I really have to go. But like the way the Giants did it in 2007, Tampa after Rondé talked all that smack, Rondé and Tiki about Eli, then beating Dallas after the Cowboys beat them twice in the regular season, then going to Lambeau and 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 beating Favre and Favre's final game as a Packer. That to me would is much sweeter than if they had been the one seed and like beating two under like inferior teams on the way to a championship. Like that's that's the Hollywood ending baby. It ain't it ain't like 13 and 4 one seed. It's like Whatever their record would be, like nine, seven, and one, seven seed. I, I you know there. what? I this thing about like no, this would be terrible if the Steelers were to sneak in. What good does that do them? They need to draft great. their future quarterback. It would be the great. You're you're you are such a curmudgeon. You should not if you if that's your at attitude. I'd rather them just lose out so that they so that they move up three or eight slots in the draft. You should not be allowed to watch sports anymore. Like if that's if that's the way you think about things, then you stink. And I don't know uh, what what uh, your other passion should be. You should turn to that one though, um, because this would be great human drama if Seven could shoot his way into the playoffs one last time and uh, and show every show the world what it's all. All right, Costos has shown us once again what he's all about, despite his insults. My mustache. He's good. He's wrong about that, but he's been right about a lot of other stuff, so we'll give him a pass there. You better you bet. Make sure you check it out or shame the devil. Good luck in the Shecky uh, category, Nick. Have a happy holidays, and we'll look forward to kibitzing with you sometimes. Happy holidays to you guys, to your great listeners, and wishing everyone, of course, minimal sweats, winning bets, and the absolute very best of luck. He's a shill. Look at him. He's a shill. Shameless. <laughs>